0: My
1: Good morning. Good afternoon, Richmond. It's 12 noon and I'm Awad here on a Tuesday, January 16th, broadcasting live from Capitol Ale House here in Innsbruck. You can join me normally every Monday, but of course yesterday was a holiday and it was the end of Super NFL Wild Card weekend. So you can check me out here live Mondays throughout the rest of football season from twelve to three PM here though on a Tuesday today in Innsbruck. Come on by, grab a beer and check out the show. And today the Washington Commanders will reveal will reveal their new GM with an introductory press conference. Adam Peters will speak to you and you will hear it right here on Richmond's home for the Commanders, nine ten the fan. Now at 105, 1 p.m. 1 FM, we will air the Adam Peters introductory press conference. You can hear the new GM live at 2 PM. That's 2 PM today right here on the fan. But until then, we go around local sports with Lane Casadante at 1.30. Talk a little VCU, Rams, hoops, two straight road wins. And they now have all week to prepare for a home test against St. Louis. It was the Bears. Sean Berstow's 14 points, 12 assists that helped VCU defeat LaSalle on Saturday. We'll talk NFL playoffs on the show today with Benjamin Brown recapping Super Wildcard Weekend. And that's where we begin today here on the Sports App. Here it is, everybody. Clearly, this is the future. Stab scores. Highlights. Are you serious? This one, this one. and we begin with the game most of you watched Monday night NFL NFC wild card playoffs Bucks Eagles I made the same mistake that I made in basketball Trudas, trusting a Philadelphia sports team to win in the playoffs Bucks win big 32 to 9 it was not a good game for Jalen Hurts his team had a chance though, thanks to their defense, but Hurts scrambling around trying to make something happen. Gets tackled in the end zone for a safety. Here's the call on WXTB in Tampa. Third
2: down. Six dropping Hurts, dropping
0: Hurts. Hurts is in press trouble in trouble in the zone end zone. He's gonna be sacked for a safety. Anthony Nelson did not give up and
3: racked up Jalen Hurts for a safety.
1: And Baker Mayfield had a heck of a game for the Bucks. 22 of 36, 337 yards, three touchdowns. They talked about this on the broadcast, how Baker did this. Went from a guy that was basically asked to leave Cleveland, gets one game, one opportunity, three weeks there in L.A. Kind of uh, Sean McVay said, hey, go have fun. Reinvent yourself, and that's what he did, and now he's led the Bucks. To a playoff game and a playoff win. Trey Palmer with this 56-yard catch and run. He scored one of two touchdowns on the day. Here's the call once again on WXTB.
0: From the 44-yard line, Mayfield throws a ball, to the right side, caught ball, and a broken tackle by Bohr to the 40, to the 35, 30, David, it's Trey Palmer, Palmer, to the 5, touchdown Tampa Bay,
1: touchdown Buccaneers, fire them cannons, Trey Palmer does it. Yesterday afternoon, you got to watch the game that was originally scheduled to take place on Sunday, January 14th, Instead, they played Monday afternoon, and Stubb, I don't know about you, but I was a little disappointed. There was absolutely no snow on the field. They yeah. made a whole big deal about like how right, the conditions were too tough for the teams to play. The New York governor stepped down and said they must suspend the game and replay it the next day. And then because of that, they just played on a grass field. No snow, no problem for the Bills. They win 31-17. And it all got started with Josh Allen dropping back and finding his tight end. Dawson Knox for the score. Here's the call on WGR. Play clock down to 10. Here on second and
0: eight. Here's the snap looking left and now in the end zone complete
1: to Dawson Knox for the touchdown. Oh, he was wide open. He split the two defensive backs and Allen hit him for the opening drive TD. So opening drive TD for the Buffalo Bills. They would continue it pouring it on, getting another touchdown. They go up 14-0, an interception, another score. They're up 21-0. You're thinking this game is over. Nope. Pittsburgh goes down the field, puts seven points on the board with a five-play, 33-yard drive right before the end of the half. Then both teams trade a field goal. And Pittsburgh goes right down the field and scores again. It's a one-score game, but the Bills were just too good and a couple big runs by josh allen a couple big throws he had a 52 yard run for the bills they go on to win 31 to 17 advancing to now host the kansas city chiefs let's take a listen to quarterback of your buffalo bills josh allen on the atmosphere in buffalo
3: i thought the atmosphere tonight was was great guys guys and girls uh Bill's Mafia of all ages came in and um, did their job, forced a couple false starts, um, and again the, the vibe, the energy, the juice that we we can use from that is instrument like it, you just can't chalk it up to anything other than um, momentum. Uh, it's something you can't see, but it's something you can definitely feel, and they give that to us.
1: Bill's Mafia did their job as Buffalo wins at home. The Cowboys couldn't do their job, losing at home too. The Green Bay Packers 48-32. But the late game on Sunday was definitely the most entertaining game of the weekend as the Lions jumped out to a 14-3 lead on the Rams. But Matthew Stafford, Sean McVay, Pukunakua would put together a comeback here. And it was a really entertaining game there in the second half as defense reigns supreme. The Lions got the key stop forcing a punt, and then we're able to get the win, 24-23. to We'll break down this game more with Benjamin Brown coming up at 12.30. Chiefs, Dolphins, Chiefs were spectacular uh, in that one. Patrick Mahomes, 262 yards and a touchdown. I thought the player of the game, Pacheco was great for the Chiefs, but Rasheed Rice, the uh, second-round draft pick out of SMU, had the game of his career, eight catches, 130 yards, and a touchdown. Chiefs blow past the Dolphins, and the awesome season for McDaniel, Tua, Tyreek Hill, Devon Achan, Jalen Waddell. So much talent offensively, but in the playoff game, they only put up seven points. Yeah, turns out it was a bit of a fluke putting up 70 on the Denver Broncos. Texans roll past the Browns, thanks to a really good game from CJ Stroud, becoming the youngest quarterback to win a playoff game as the Texans advance 45 to 14. Let's move over to the NBA here on the Sports App. (laughs) Top stories of the weekend in the NBA. So Grizzlies, injury troubles continue. We said last week, John Morant out for the year. He'll have uh, shoulder surgery. Now Desmond Bain out six weeks with an ankle injury. There was a trade in the NBA over the weekend. The Washington Wizards and the Detroit Pistons stopped the two worst teams in the NBA, exchanging players. Wizards get an interesting prospect, though. 24-year-old Marvin Bagley III and Isaiah Livers, who played college ball at Michigan with Jordan Poole, currently the point guard of the Washington Wizards. Pistons get a couple of vets, Danilo Gallinari and Mike Muscala. Also in the NBA, the Heat announced they will honor Dwayne Wade, a decade and a half with the Heat in the form of a statue. On Sunday night, Pat Riley made a halftime announcement that there will be a statue of Dwayne Wade that's going to be eight feet tall outside of the arena next season. It's a way to honor the legacy of Dwayne Wade. I've loved Dwayne Wade throughout his time in the NBA. So much success with the Heat with Shaquille O'Neal. And then LeBron comes to town, and they keep it rolling over to the NHL on the sports app. Every day on the sports app, we track Alex Ovechkin's hunt for history. The great eight trace chasing the great one to become the greatest goal scorer in the history of the NHL. Unfortunately, no update because Capital star Alex Ovechkin, lower body injury, missed his second straight game. So we'll be following that throughout the rest of the season. Hopefully Ovi can be back in the lineup later this week for the Caps. Lastly here... On the sports app, did want to go through tennis with the Australian Open beginning this weekend. And look, I said last year I thought this would be the year that an American would win a Grand Slam. Have not had an American win a Grand Slam in more than 20 years. You have to go back to Andy Roddick in 2003 winning the U.S. Open. Well, on the men's side, there's plenty of Americans that advanced past the first round. Tommy Paul, love watching him play. Three-set win to advance to round two. Alex Mickelson wins a hard-fought four-setter. Ben Shelton, last year's uh, up-and-comer American who made it to the semifinals uh, of a major slam wins in three straight sets. Francis Tiafo, the DMV native, my favorite tennis uh, player who's American, wins in four sets. Sebastian Korda, his dad was a star, former number two overall Peter Korda. He's also getting trained by American legend Andre Agassi. He comes back, wins a five-setter. Christian Chris Eubanks, last year, he stopped playing tennis to become an announcer, stepped back onto the court, and ended up making a run in a Grand Slam. He wins and advances. Alexander Kovacevic, An American youngster wins and advances. And then the 12th-ranked American, Taylor Fritz, comes back to win in five sets. Bad opening round um, for Fritz there, but he does get the win to advance. So there are six Americans that will be playing tonight, of course, with the Australian Open. Begins around 8 p.m., goes all the way through the night until about 4 a.m. I know sometimes I find myself staying up late to watching the Americans play in the Aussie Open. So six play tonight, including the big four, Ben Shelton, Francis Tiafo, Eubanks, and Taylor Fritz. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910. The fan now at 105.1 FM. If you want to chime in, phone lines are open, 833-804-0910. That's 833-804-0910. Don't go anywhere. Don't touch that dial. I'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein, you're listening to AWOD Radio, here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105, 1 FM, and I gotta tell you guys, it's back, and I'm so excited for it. Burger Night is back, and better than before here at Capital Ale House. Every Monday, from 3 p.m. until midnight, get a great deal on our seared and smashed quarter-half-pound burgers, with any beverage purchase, $2.95 for a cheeseburger, $3.95 for mushroom and beer cheese bacon. I mean, you're not going to get a better deal than that here in town. I had a few members of the AWOD Army hit me up, send me some uh, pics on Twitter yesterday. They came down to Cap Ale to take advantage of Burger Night. That's every Monday from 3 p.m. to close. And, of course, I'm broadcasting live here from Capitol Ale House in Innsbruck recapping all of Super NFL Wild Card Weekend. We'll talk commanders with David Harrison at 1245, run around local sports with Lane Casadante at 130. But joining us right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, host of MP on the Mic, it's Michael Phillips. What's going on, bud? Yeah, ho,
3: great to be talking to you. I don't know if it was a super wild card weekend. I read the the billing. It felt like a regular wild card weekend.
1: I mean, it was a lot of fun. I'm actually going to say this. The NFL got lucky because of the snow, because I think the plan should have been all along to have two games on Monday. Two games each day, I think, worked out perfectly. I don't have a feel for how much of a
3: holiday Monday is, right? Like, it worked out perfectly for us, because we were off yesterday. Yeah. Is, is the rest of the world off, too? Like Because if, you know if what? the whole world's off, <laughs> that's a good format.
1: That's a great point because growing up, it, to me, it felt like everybody and their mother was off on MLK Day. All of my friends had to work yesterday, and it pissed me off because I wanted someone to watch the game with, yeah. and everyone's <laughs> like, oh, we can watch the late game, but we can't get off work till 4.30 or 5, and I'm like, dude, what the hell? This is supposed to be an American holiday. Um, a lot of questionable companies in this area. I don't like that. Uh, but, of course, any time we bring Call Michael out. Phillips on the show, it's time for Crosstalk. If I could just have your attention.
3: It's Crosstalk with Adam Epstein and Michael Phillips on The Fan. It's like that 190's movie that everybody loved. What's the name of that movie? It's not Crosstalk, but it sounds like Crosstalk. It's Crosstalk on The Fan. Oh, Face Off with Travolta and Nick Cage. But this is Crosstalk.
1: All right, Michael, so I did want to start with what's going on in Ashburn today. Why don't you paint us a picture of where you're at right now and what's going to be going on at 2 p.m.? Yes, sir, live from Northern
3: Virginia. Adam Peters will be introduced as the new Commander's General Manager uh, at 2 o'clock, a live press conference uh, up there in Ashburn. And I I think there's just a ton of excitement. Um, A ton of people are really optimistic for what the future is going to bring. For the commanders, um, a a ton of people just think this is the right guy at the right time, the right hire, um, that that he's going to restore some semblance of being able to pick guys in the first round who are not busts and, uh, you know, rebuild this roster to the place where the the commanders can contend.
1: Now, we've heard several reports out there that now that Adam Peters is the GM, he'll be looking for his next head coach, and the name I keep hearing as his top choice is Lions Offensive Coordinator Ben Johnson. Is that what you're hearing as well, MP?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I I think he's going to be the real prize this year, just as Adam Peters was the prize among GM candidates. Uh, And and they got their guy. So certainly uh, a great indication that they get their guy in the GM search and now now move into the coaching search, look for the same thing. Um, I, I don't think it'll be a Belichick or Harbaugh, especially now that they've installed a powerful GM in the building. You know that that's not tied to one of those two guys. So, you know, no no doors will be closed. I think they'll do a lot of interviews. Uh, ben Johnson, though, young. Um, you know, thirty seven years old, a year younger than Sean McVay. Um, just just a, a you know a, a genius with the play calling. Uh, everything you're looking for right now, bright young offensive mind, and, and that C word that we talk about so much. I'm tired of saying it. Culture. You uh, use he, a <laughs> culture guy. Uh, they, they, yeah, yeah. You're not the only one who can do peacock jokes. Uh, it's uh he's he's a guy who builds a winning culture in Detroit, and uh, what what he's done so far there, uh, you know that's exactly what they want to duplicate in Washington.
1: Yeah, Michael. Here's my only question. All right, let's go through the teams left in the NFL playoffs. And this is me, you know, you know, spitballing here. But Texans have a leader of men. Ravens have a leader of men. Packers, yeah, they've got an offensive mind. Niners, offensive mind. Uh, Bucks, probably leader of men. Lions. Yeah, they have the offensive mind, but Dan Campbell's a leader of men. Uh, Chiefs, leader of men. Bills, leader of men. It kind of seems like that's the theme here is that the best teams available, yeah, they've got a a great head coach, but they all have really good offensive coordinators too. So that's my only reserve about Ben Johnson. Can he be a leader of men at this young age?
3: That's the question, right, Sean? McVay was able to pull it off. Raheem Morris wasn't able to pull it off. Uh, You know, some guys have it in them, some guys don't. Uh, you know, and you never know until you do it right. Like going into last year, you would have said Eric the enemy leader him in, and he might still be. Uh, but but you know, those veterans uh, were awfully whiny about him making him work all season. It was a weird weird setback for him uh, along his journey. Uh, all accounts are the players love playing for Ben Johnson. Uh, I'm getting Sean McVay vibes for sure. Um, you know, wow. not, not that there not that there will be another Sean McVay because obviously that that's a one of a kind situation, but. Uh, you know, uh, Matt Lafleur, uh, Bobby Floek's going to be in this picture too, right? That that you know, I don't know if he's leader of men, but he's definitely offensive mind, and he's got those ties to the 2013 Redskins.
1: Yeah, and, and look, we talked about this both of us on our, our programs here in the last few weeks that this is going to be a fun off season. It kind of feels like. Josh Harris is, you know, dusting off the old Game Boy or Sega Genesis, putting in Madden <laughs> and, and building an ultimate team here. Number one, he got the top choice at GM, right? We've never been able to say that for, you know, my entire lifetime, yep. that we're looking for a GM. We got the top choice everyone wants. We're going to most likely get the top two or three choice at head coach. You know, I think the only way, way – uh, ben Johnson turns us down is if Carolina comes with a boatload more money. So it looks like we're going to get one of our top choices at coach. And then it comes quarterback. Who do you think's Adam Peters top choice at quarterback? I'm excited to find
3: out right and I was talking with the junkies this morning that you what do you do to get up to number 1 if you fall in love with Caleb Williams? What do you do to move back if you like JJ McCarthy or Michael Penix? There's so many options and I think the next few months. Part of why it's so exciting is you've got the Senior Bowl, you've got the Combine, and these are you know events that are tentpole items on the NFL calendar. But they've got extra meaning for Commanders fans because your guy Adam Peters is going to be there, you know, watching these quarterbacks do their thing, deciding who he likes. I've thrown my hat in early. I am a Jaden Daniels guy. Uh, That that that's my early pick. Uh, But you know, this is a long process, and uh, we'll we'll see who turns out on top. Uh, But it's super exciting. I'm sure you'll open the phones. Everybody's going to have their guy by the end of this process. going to be a ton of fun to watch and see who they get.
1: Absolutely. And the phone lines will be open throughout this show, 833-804-0910. If you were in Ashburn today, what question would you have for new GM Adam Peters during his introductory press conference that we will air live at 2 p.m. MP, got any idea what you want to ask him? Are you going to ask him about the name change again? I'd love that.
3: (laughs) oh we'll uh, we'll let him ease in maybe uh, maybe ask him that on the second go round uh here in uh, here in washington uh you know i, I want to hear about his philosophy how he values players how he scouts players um you know he's lived in the shadow of john lynch for a long time so we know that the 49ers have built a great team uh but but what he, you know what's he going to do what's going to make him stand out uh, and certainly why he took this job i'll be very excited you know i've I've never heard him speak, uh, right? I've gone back and listened to, like, some podcasts and interviews, but this isn't like, you know, Bill Belichick comes to town, you know exactly what he's going to say when he opens his mouth. It's a, it's a bit of an unknown, so I'm excited to hear uh, hear his thoughts, hear what he has to say. I've thought about this, though, you're, you're, from the beginning of the segment. I think I would move the Saturday 4.30 game to Sunday at 1 o'clock in your new format. Just feel like that's mm. too early to play a playoff game. That, that's, that's my initial yeah. instinct would, would be a 1-3-2 alignment.
1: Yeah, was that was that Texans Browns? Is that what that game was? It was, and it ended up being a good game. But I just I, I hadn't
3: turned on the TV, you know, until like six o'clock yeah. on Saturday. So I, but one no. o'clock Sunday, I could be in front of the TV. You can count on me for that.
1: Yeah, no, it's a great point because I definitely missed most of the first half of Texans Browns. So I'd be <laughs> okay with moving it. That's MP Michael Phillips. MP on the mic is ten to noon. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio on the Fan. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105, 1FM, 1 and the divisional round of the NFL playoffs are set with two games Saturday and two more on Sunday. I mean, a quick look at it right now. I think most people would agree the two games i got my eyes on, Packers at Niners, the way the Packers played against the Cowboys, incredible. And then Chiefs-Bills. I mean, Stubb, what do you think? What are you most looking forward to, and what did you enjoy watching uh, this past weekend? I think Chiefs-Bills
0: is easily going to be game of the week. It's the only one not with like a full touchdown spread between the two teams at the moment. And uh, from yeah. last weekend, I think my favorite game to watch was the Eagles-Buccaneers. Watching a 10-1 and team play, probably give the worst performance of all the teams that weekend against an NFC South team in the playoffs, it was fun to watch. I was happy to see them yeah, fall apart you know. like that.
1: <laughs> I did pick. I did pick the Eagles to win. That was my lock of the week. That they, you know, they might have sucked towards the end of the season, but they were going to be good for the offs. Turns out they were not good for the offs, and I, I did enjoy watching both the Eagles and the Cowboys get their butt whooped. I mean, uh, both teams felt like had so much confidence at times this year, and uh, once again, the NFC East lacking a team here in the second round of the NFL playoffs it's not last year it's not the Eagles making a deep run uh, joining us right now to go around the NFL recap super wild card weekend on the Hadid Mercer rug cleaning Hotline is our buddy Benjamin Brown what's going on Ben? Oh, uh, not much. Yeah,
0: it was, a, it was a good weekend of football. Obviously, super wild card round. You know, once again, lives up to the hype in its name. But yeah, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, you know, a lot of intriguing games, I would say, coming up over the divisional round. So uh, it'll be really interesting to see kind of how we uh, move towards here, uh, the Super Bowl uh, coming up here this weekend.
1: Yeah, you know, let's start in the NFC East here. I mean, where do the Cowboys go from here? They lose forty-eight to thirty-two. Dak was atrocious. Two interceptions. That one pick-six. I mean, uh, uh, I mean, uh, probably a hundred different Cowboys fans broke their TV on, on that play. Uh, uh, McCarthy maybe out of a job. I mean, where does Dallas go from here?
0: Yeah, I think it's really hard to see McCarthy out. You know, in a lot of ways, survive this uh, another year, another meltdown. Like at some point, it does seem like the ship has kind of sailed on what they're going to do here. And I do think in a lot of ways, the, the head coaching openings and the people that have become available are, are very much going to open the floodgates. I do think we could see a lot more attrition than what we've seen in prior seasons. I think Dallas is going to be a prime example of that kind of playing out here over the next couple of days. Cause it does seem likely, uh, you know, a lot of the names are already going to be linked to the Dallas Cowboys job. Uh, it will be interesting to see the direction which Jerry Jones wants to go. But I do think overall, You know, it starts at the top, and I do think that that's the spot where they're very much going to make a decision to move on with the next best candidate.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it was a big win for the Packers organization Uh, getting a playoff win. Jordan Love looked great, and oh, yeah, your old heck coach goes to Dallas and then you go to Dallas and beat him Uh, makes you got to feel good about hiring Matt LaFleur after uh, McCarthy and it does kind of feel like McCarthy will be out the door and maybe it'll be Bill Belichick walking in I mean I know that was the biggest name I've seen rumored same with Philadelphia I mean it just feels like it, it might be tough for Sirianni to survive this with how many players are openly against him
0: yeah, I mean, that's a situation that, you know, I would say kind of moved really quickly in a lot of ways. I do think, you know, we look at the offensive defense coordinator positions and in a lot of ways. Those are the key contact points to get to the head coach. And with that kind of frayed, both those guys moving on, I don't think we really realize, you know, the ramifications of how things could potentially play out. It does seem in a lot of ways like uh, the, the the locker room turned on Sirianni quickly. If that is actually the case, like that's very much a spot where, you know, ownership and how he rolls in are probably going to make a relatively quick decision. So I'm not sure what actually, you know, transpired. I haven't really been following the exact, you know, reports from players in particular, but I very much think that that is another situation that, you know, really underwhelming, you know, end of the regular season and in the playoffs, and in a lot of ways, like the focal point honestly goes in one direction. Once again, that's very much Sirianni. So I, I kind of agree with you. I do think you know, in a lot of ways, what you mentioned about the Green Bay Packers and trending in the right direction with Jordan Love. Um, you know, the, the, the going the opposite approach from, you know, how you want to develop quarterbacks and do a lot of these things correctly in-house. I think that is, you know, a testament to them. And I do think that, you know, kind of what you mentioned, uh, a real big franchise win for them uh, is very much, I think, one of the biggest takeaways coming out of the card weekend.
1: Benjamin Brown with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, NFL data scientist at Summer Sports, also a content contributor at Pinnacle. I mean, statistically, this Dolphins offense was one of the best the NFL's ever seen. But then in the game that matters the most, they put up just seven points. I mean, what went wrong offensively for the Dolphins?
0: <laughs> yeah, it, 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 in a lot of ways, you know, the, the – the impact of weather I think is obviously like the first thing that you have to actually point to in some of these situations, you know, pass heavy offense, you know, needing to play in rhythm very much wasn't the case. I do think the follow from that, you know, in some ways has to be directed at Mike McDaniels, but in a lot of ways I do think the longer term blame will probably be in his direction. Uh, you know, I do think that, you know, McDaniel hasn't done enough offensively and the pieces that they've kind of brought in need to fit his offense. If they can get a quarterback, Um, you know, that can move on from, I would say, what Tua has actually provided. That's the spot that I think that they actually need to move in. And I think very much, you know, they got, I would say, probably maximum output from Tua this year. In a lot of ways, that still wasn't enough against the best competition. I think that very much kind of speaks to, you know, needing to move on at that position for the Miami Dolphins coming up here in 2024.
1: You don't think Tua is their starting quarterback next year?
0: I mean, I don't know if that's, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see what actually happens. I do think in some ways they need to bring in, you know, some sort of competition at the backup quarterback spot where they do have, you know, more reps given to both guys, I would say, in, in training camp. That's going to be the case. So, um, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I, I mean... It, 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 yeah, it, so.
1: I kind of think they're going to stick with Tua just because of how great he was in the regular season. But I, I do point to Tua as the reason they lose lost. I mean, he couldn't even throw it sideways. I, I get it. You know, the conditions weren't great. Mahomes didn't have that much of an issue with it, 262 yards and a touchdown. But the fact that he could not throw the screen passes to the side, it just was like, oof, this is your starting quarterback. Not great, Ben.
0: Yeah, and I think that is very much gonna be the takeaway. So you know, long term, you know, obviously the follow up from any playoff loss or any you know regular season moving on is what comes up in the NFL draft. And I very much think you know a lot of these questions are gonna be at least talking points as we move towards you know the off season of the Super Bowl and everything wrapping up for the regular season.
1: Have you looked into any of the best bets for divisional round of the NFL playoffs? Yeah, I,
0: I, I think in some ways, you know, um, the Texans in some ways have kind of moved off that opening number. I think it was closer to 10, basically. It seems like there is some movement in their direction. To me, I do think, you know, the over 44.5 um, in that spot is maybe the more intriguing look, you know, in a lot of ways, what we saw last week with Houston going up against, you know, one of the best defenses in football. In a lot of ways, they just didn't have any sort of answer for C.J. Stroud. I do think, obviously, the loss of Dell. Is going to impact the Houston Texans offense, but I think you know we didn't really see that come into fruition whatsoever. Um, You know, with their performance, I would say last Saturday. So I I think in a lot of ways that continues. um, You know, the health of Noah Brown at the wide receiver position, along with Tank Dell, is going to be something to monitor. But I very much think they can do similar things to the Ravens defensively, And, and I think in a lot of ways we're in for a shootout with you know Lamar Jackson. Coming out the bye, unless they start slow, I very much think that that's going to be a spot where you see the over 44.5. Probably fall relatively quickly coming up here on Saturday.
1: Yeah, no, I I really like that play of over that number. I mean, these two teams played week one. Baltimore won 25-9, but it's a completely different Houston offense. You know, Stroud was just playing his first NFL game, so I think Baltimore puts up 25, Houston, you know, maybe 21-22. So that would hit the over right there. I I love that bet. Uh, You know, initial thoughts about this uh, Bills game against the Chiefs?
0: Yeah, it's, you know, obviously going to be really interesting I think you know, moving on, you know, getting Joe Brady kind of at the helm to coordinate the offense, I like think in a lot of ways has opened up things. Um, you know, Khalil Shakur had kind of the big catch for them uh, in the wild card round in a lot of ways. Getting him more reps has, I would say, in a lot of ways, opened up things underneath. Uh, so I, you know, it, 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 it seems like the Buffalo Bills offense has kind of figured things out, especially with Josh Allen and rushing the football. So as long as they kind of minimize some of those. High variant type swings. I do think they can control this game. You know, given kind of the current state of what we've seen from the Kansas City Chiefs, I do think they played pretty well from you know a, a wildcard perspective. But this is in some ways, you know, a, a similar vein to what we saw at the Eagles towards the end of the season with a Chiefs team that maybe is there defensively, uh, but really hasn't put the pieces in place outside of Rasheed Rice uh, offensively. I would say yet this season.
1: Ben, before we let you go, got to get your thoughts here on the commander's hire of Adam Peters. We will air his introductory press conference, the new GM of the Washington Commanders, Adam Peters, right here on Nine Ten The Fan at two p.m. What do you think of that hire, Ben? Yeah,
0: I, I, I think in a lot of ways, um, you know, the direction in which the, you know the, the new ownership and everything wants to go, you know, Peters really fits that bill. Very successful organization, you know, moving on from San Francisco. I, I think that. Um, you know, what he's going to p- put in place, you know, answering the question of who's going to be the head coach, what they do at the quarterback position. Like it-, it is an intriguing offer. And I do very much think they got the correct guy for that position. So I, I think longer term, you know, it- it's going to take some time to not only get the right people in the building, but I would say moving in the right direction. But I do think the longer term outlook for the Washington Commanders, is a lot better off going in this direction than I would say any of the top candidates, other top candidates I had. So I like the hire. I like the long-term success, and I do think the Washington Commanders can overall see a benefit from uh, going in this particular direction.
1: Point blank period. I love that. Good hire by the Commanders. Ben, thank you so much for the time, man. I always appreciate it. That is Benjamin Brown. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910. The Fan now at 105.1 FM. The Commanders got their man in Adam Peters. Well, who's his guy? Who is Adam Peters' top choice for the head coaching job? We'll discuss that next on The Fan.
0: Welcome back.
1: I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new Sports Radio 910, The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, broadcasting live from Capital Ale House here in Innsbruck. And Burger Night is back Monday night. Monday night back and better than ever. Just two ninety five for a cheeseburger or upgrade to beer, cheese, and bacon or bacon and blue cheese for just three ninety five That's every Monday from 3 p.m. until midnight from any of the Capital Ale House locations here in Richmond. Richmond, downtown Midlothian, or with me here in Innsbruck. We will run around local sports in Richmond, Virginia, with Lane Casadante at 1.30. And there's actually a new face in Ashburn today, and a new Adam. Adam Peters, the former 49ers GM, comes to town and will have his introductory press conference today at 2 p.m. We're going to air it right here on 910 The Fan. Earlier this weekend, Jeremy Fowler of ESPN first reported that Peters signed a five year deal with Washington to come over and be the general manager. And of course, he's had successful stops with San Francisco but prior to that New England and Denver winning Super Bowls along the way now comes to Washington at 44 years old with 21 years of NFL front office experience to me it truly feels like Josh Harris is playing Madden he's come in here he's taken the NFL by storm Uh, everybody seems to like the guy like the relationships that he's built love the team that he's put together with Bob Myers Rick Spielman and Magic Johnson the Jedi Council to bring balance to the force and make Washington football great again. Well, they've got their first guy in their GM. Now it's up to the GM to hire the next head coach and the two to come together and figure out who they want to be, the starting quarterback in 2024 for the Washington Commanders. Joining us right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, Commanders reporter for Sports Illustrated, David Harrison. What's going on, David?
2: Hey, what's up, man? How you doing?
1: I'm good, man. I mean... It just feels like uh, so much great stuff going on in Ashburn right now. And, I mean, you've covered this team for a while. How crazy is it? How much of a 180 is it that we're actually getting our top choice for these positions?
2: Yeah, it, it definitely it's, it's a total 180 from what I walked into. I mean, I walked into, uh, you know, covering an organization that was in shambles pretty much, you know, across the board. I mean, at the time, I guess, you know, the, the bright spot, was the potential that was within the defense, you know, but obviously ever since then, uh, even that's kind of gone away. So just to see a team, you know, it's kind of, there's always the mantra, you know, we're nowhere to go, but up and, and all that stuff. But this team hasn't just gone up because that's the only direction you can go. Uh, It's very rapidly uh, rising up. You know, I think that the the ranks of respect among the NFL getting a guy like Adam Peters is no small feat. So I think that really says a lot about what this team has as far as, Resources, but also what Josh Harris is bringing as an owner.
1: What do you think we can learn from Adam Peters, the new GM's introductory press conference today at two p.m.?
2: I mean, just his his overall you know thought process on you know the the processes that go into being uh, successful as a franchise. You know, you mentioned it there, kind of in his, his bio. He comes from a long string of successful organizations, and I know the Denver Broncos aren't exactly you know the, the cream of the crop right now in the NFL, but. During the time he was there, they were experiencing a lot of success. You mentioned the Super Bowl; like, you know, he's he's seen this thing done, uh, he's seen championship teams built, maintained, rebuilt multiple times, and you know, everybody does it a little bit different, but there's a common thread to a, to a lot of different successful organizations. I think that thread is the way you communicate, the trust in communication, and the way all that the ideas are, are put into action. I think that's what you know Adam is most likely hoping to bring here to Washington.
1: Absolutely, and you've got to trust the process here with Josh Harris. It looks like he got his top candidate in Adam Peters. And uh, Diana Rossini revealed that Adam Peters' top candidate for the head coaching job appears to be Lions OC Ben Johnson. I mean, my yeah. goodness, the 37-year-old had an impressive play-calling game uh, in the playoff game just uh, yesterday.
2: Yeah, I mean, he's, he's done a really good job for himself, and obviously he was a hot he was a hot candidate last year. Uh, as well and I think honestly it kind of it kind of shows a little bit of you know maybe a little bit of self-awareness a little bit of uh, professional maturity for him to kind of go through some of the interviews last offseason and then ultimately decide to go back to the Detroit Lions and kind of say you know what I need another year uh, to kind of do what I'm doing here and and really soak up as much I can from this stop before I move on to the next stop and now coming to this one with a clearer head kind of more more readily available uh, to really dive into being a head coach and I think when you when you do that, just kind of putting yourself in, in those types of shoes, I think maybe you know you come back and you you look at what Dan Campbell does, and you kind of observe the way that a team is is led by a head coach, and kind of start developing your own uh, little ideas of what that's going to be. But from a from an operational standpoint, you know, oftentimes uh, these these new coaches come in and you pull from their history. So looking at the Detroit Lions offense, I mean, something that really stands out to me versus what we've seen uh, with Washington is just how much more this team, that, speaking of the Lions, this team is in is under center versus in the shotgun. And, you know, some of that's because your quarterback is shorter, so you want to have a wider lens uh, to see over the line and do all that stuff. But at the same time, when you're in the shotgun as much as the Washington commanders have been lately, you know, it takes away from the play action because the defenders don't have to worry about closing on run plays as fast and, and doing things like that. It really kind of gives your defense a little bit of strategic advantage. So to see a guy like Ben Johnson who, who, who diversifies that, doesn't do – all of that and kind of takes those advantages he can take against the defense and really maximize them. Shows the, the total attention of, of football and what he's been able to do with Jared Goff's career uh, in a fairly short period of time. I think shows that, that mental agility to be able to adjust to what your players are bringing to you.
1: Yeah, I mean, you, you've got to love you know, what he's done in Detroit, you know, relaunching the career of Jared Goff, making him a franchise quarterback again. Oh, Sam Laporta looks like a franchise tight end. Then Amon Ross St. Brown steps on the scene and becomes a super a superstar wide receiver. They've got two solid running backs there. And I love what you said about how, you know, he took interviews last year and turned down some and then, so, you know yeah. it's almost like oh wow I, I can't believe that I'm being considered as a head coach I might need to study a little bit and then he took this entire year like you said to study a little bit of what Dan Campbell does and what are the, some of the successful head coaches have done in the NFL and, and kind of match that and you know he has a whole nother year of experience now and a ton of success it just you know feels like this is the year for him to accept a head coaching role and hopefully it's here in Washington and then the question after that becomes quarterback now I've gone on record with Caleb Williams being my guy I'm doing everything I can to get Caleb to DC who's your guy who are you championing as the next quarterback for the commanders
2: you know I don't know that I've actually settled on a a hard target for myself personally obviously Caleb has a lot of playmaking ability and and you love you love the dynamic ability that he brings to the field. I think that's something uh, yeah. you know when you when you look at some of the top targets, I mean, that ability to to be somewhat elusive, extend plays, uh, do all those kinds of things. I mean, honestly, you look around at the NFL and some of these teams that have some of the more athletic quarterbacks, it's not so much that they're they're kind of putting that into their design. It's more so we have our standard NFL designs, but then we have a quarterback that if those designs don't work, puts alive and really gives us David- an extra opportunity. Uh,
1: to do things. Yeah, David, I'm I'm reading a quote online here from an an NFL scout asking the difference between Patrick Mahomes and Caleb Williams. Scout said, besides Williams having a stronger arm, they're almost exactly the same player. I, mean, I, I just can't yeah. get enough of Caleb. I, I love the kid. I, I think he's going to be a star right away. David, anything else you wanted to promote, man?
2: No, I appreciate your time, as always. I definitely see the infatuation with Caleb. Uh, I'm just—I'm a more patient person. I'll kind of—I'll kind of settle in on a favorite probably about mid-March.
1: Will you be covering the uh, Bucks playoff game next week?
2: You know, I'm actually. So it's funny you mentioned that we're actually talking to the Buccaneers this morning, just trying to see how many seats there are in Detroit. So if all goes well, the, the intention is for me to be in uh, in Detroit next weekend for sure.
1: Well, that's awesome. Before we let you go, I mean, uh, give us your your thoughts and recap of the Bucks win 32-9 because that is the other team that you cover uh, for Sports Illustrated.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was, it was really intriguing because just, you know, putting this season uh, in focus, the Philadelphia Eagles and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers really were two teams that kind of came into this wild card game in very similar situations. Both teams had played some good ball. Both teams had played some really bad ball. And neither team was really proud of what they put on uh, the quarter of the regular season. And the question around both teams was, were, were they going to show up you know, when it matters the most and if not, what does that mean for their head coach? Well, we saw what happened with the Eagles, you also saw what happened with the Buccaneers and, you know, the questions surrounding Todd Bowles' future uh in Tampa Bay or at least, you know, squash for one for one season. Like he'll get he'll definitely get this season and, and we'll see what happens next season. But, you know, they were kind of both in similar situations and even going into the second half, like both of them uh had played good at, at moments, both of them had played bad at moments. And I think Todd Bowles just showed he had his guys more ready to go. They bought into what they were doing in Tampa more than uh, the players were in Philly, and the result is the result. And now, uh, you know, we're all trying to plan trips to Detroit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's David Harrison. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to Awad Radio here on the New Sports Radio 910, the Fan. Now at one oh five one FM. When we return, a former Washington head coach and a former Washington player, multiple players, are gotten into an old school Donnybrook here on the old X Twitter. We'll break down that story coming up next on The Fan.